This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Friday, May the 27th. Hope you're enjoying the end of your week and I'm sure a lot of you are looking forward to some big holiday weekend plans. We've got so many things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling too. So let's go ahead and let's get right to the headlines. We're cruising on over to Wrestling Inc. first. Eric Mutter is writing in. Tony Khan says he met with Warner Brothers Discovery and he also jokes about WWE, Money in the Bank and so much more. Now, it's Friday afternoon, which seems to be a good time for AEW and CEO owner Tony Khan to get everyone talking about yet another one of his tweets, and he's done just that, tweeting about a very eventful Thursday that he had in addition to praising his call with wrestling media, including some potential big news. Now, yesterday, he would go on to say, was one of my favorite days, including great visits from fans and media and a trip to LA for the most fulfilling meeting of my career with Warner Brothers and Discovery Leadership. Dinner with 
with my dad plus Dana White, where I got to break the news to Dana about Money in the Bank moving to the MGM. Con tweeted, today, AEW Rampage is on TNT. Con's meeting with Warner Brothers Discovery higher-ups comes earlier than expected. AEW founder had indicated earlier this week that he would have a meeting with Warner Brothers Discovery leaders in the next week or so because AEW would be heading to Los Angeles to have an AEW Dynamite at the Forum. Con also revealed a party would be thrown following the show. Now, others will be quick to note that Khan's reference to WWE changing venues for their Money in the Bank pay-per-view, moving the show from Allegiant Stadium to a much smaller MGM Grand Garden Arena, where Khan himself ran the very first AEW Double or Nothing event three years ago. In case fans had missed it, they can reference Khan. Khan fired off a follow-up tweet soon after it, and I'm sure everyone heard it. He would go on to say, and I quote, Genius move, trying to take on Dana White and UFC in Vegas during International Fight Week, Khan tweeted. See you tonight. Friday night, AEW Rampage on TNT at a special time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Central. If you'd like to find out more about Tony Khan's comments, cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. and Eric Mutter has this entire story trending right now. Eric Mutter also has a story trending right now. William Regal names three wrestlers, AEW wrestlers, he wanted to have in NXT during his time there. The Blackpool Combat Club and AEW and starting a brand new podcast next week, William Regal is still a very busy man and he is remaining doing things in his free time. He's also been telling people of some of the talent he wanted to bring into NXT when he was still under WWE's umbrella. On Thursday evening, Alex Montgomery of Talk Sports revealed on Twitter that he'd recently spoken to William Regal and gave McCarthy some interesting information. In a quote, William Regal told me he was planning to sign Daniel Garcia, Ricky Starks, and Wheeler Yuta to NXT before WWE changed directives, McCarthy tweeted. Now, in some ways, this isn't breaking news as both Garcia and Yuta were reportedly on WWE's radar last year. Garcia in particular impressed WWE enough in a match against Tyler Rust on NXT in the promotion, well, that he might even get a brand new name if he had signed with the company full-time. Now instead, Garcia ultimately chose to sign with AEW in the fall of 2021 and has gone on to become a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society alongside Chris Jericho, 2.0, Jake Hager, and the Jericho Appreciation Society teammates will take on Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Santana, and Ortiz this Sunday at AEW's Double or Nothing event that's going to be happening. If you'd like to find out more about this, and he talks more, especially about Wheeler Yuta, go ahead and cruise on over to the article that is trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Continuing with the news, trending today, Jeff Jarrett reportedly is returning to WWE in a high-level executive position. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour, GCW fans waiting for Effie to get his revenge on Jeff Jarrett will now have to think about what might have been for Double J. He is now returning to WWE. In a shocking development, PW Insider reported earlier this afternoon that Jarrett has agreed to come back to WWE on live events, business side of things. He is going to be now described as a high-level executive. Now, on the surface, this would appear to be Jarrett resuming a role he previously held in WWE a few years ago when he worked as a producer and a member of the creative team, then moved on to be the executive of live events before quietly departing from the company during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, PW Insider noted that Jarrett's new position was described as even more powerful. One source would go on to say that Jeff Jarrett would be taking over live events now 
within the promotion. Jarrett's return to WWE comes only a week after Stephanie McMahon announced she was taking a leave from WWE and all of her duties as the chief brand officer. Now, it's unclear if Jarrett's new duties will overlap with Stephanie's. Jarrett will continue to reunite with director of Raw and SmackDown, Bruce Pritchard, and the pairs will also be part of Conrad Thompson's ever-growing podcast empire. Now, while PW Insider didn't confirm all of this, it's likely Jeff's new deal with WWE puts an end to any wrestling endeavors or promotions that will be created. As noted, Jarrett had been feuding with Effie in GCW, defeating him at the World of GCW in the Hammerstein Ballroom this past January. Jarrett hinted that the feud would continue and that the two had seemingly built up what would be considered a really big match and had already recorded some vignettes that were going to be airing on GCW shows. Now, in addition to GCW, Jarrett had also appeared in Lucha Libre, a promotion while working in agreement with WWE and rival AEW. Jarrett also revealed to be the financer of the La Impresa stable that backs AAA's WrestleCon event WrestleMania weekend, and he would appear again with his wife, Karen Jarrett, at TripleMania 30 in Monterey, where he confronted AAA legend Latin Lover and got into a brawl with Latin Lover over a feud with legendary Vampiro. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on with Jeff Jarrett and what his role and duties will be within WWE, cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. right now where Eric Mutter has the story trending. Eric Mutter also is writing in at this hour. Britt Baker chimes in about toxic cyberbullying of wrestlers. One of the downsides of being a pro wrestling star these days is the occasional toxic interaction with unruly fans on social media. It's especially tough on female wrestlers. Point that is isn't being lost on AEW stars and former AEW Women's World Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. In an interview with Forbes magazine, Baker discussed cyberbullying and the negative effects it can have on wrestlers, and at one point seemed to recall the death of stardom wrestler who committed suicide after being cyberbullied to that point. In a quote, Baker would say, I think people just go on Twitter just to be heard in a negative way. They just want to say something nasty and hateful and mean, so they go on Twitter for literally no other reason than just saying something like that, and then they tag you into it. We've had enough people in this industry kill themselves over cyberbullying, and you think that would be enough for people to wake up. Keep your mean thoughts to yourself. You know, the body shaming, telling me I should go kill myself because I get so beat in a match? That's really, really horrible to say, and it's very toxic. Now, shortly after Forbes' article was published, Baker posted a link to it on Twitter referencing the section of the interview after, ironically, she revealed criticism from fans online for expressing her desire to wrestle disgruntled WWE star Sasha Banks. In a those of you trolling me over an interview answer I gave when I was asked about a dream match opponent should go and read the rest of the article where we discuss cyberbullying and how toxic Twitter can be, she tweeted. Now, Baker is scheduled to compete in the finals of the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament Sunday at Double or Nothing. If you'd like to read more about what Britt Baker had to say in her Forbes interview, Eric Mutter has that article trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Matthew Wilkinson is writing in at this hour from Wrestling Inc. A lot of former WWE superstars have gone on to work for AEW in the last couple of years, but Booker T believes there could be a side effect to that. Now, during his latest Hall of Fame podcast, Booker T reacted to comments made by Mark Henry on Busted Open Radio about Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of WWE Raw two weeks ago. The World's Strongest Man took issue with Corey Graves' commentary during the episode of Raw in which he said that Banks and Naomi had summarily and unprofessionally walked out 
out. He says, and I quote, my issue was with people on the show saying that that was unprofessional, Henry said, because I'm going to tell you right now, if that was my wife and I'm working on that show, I'm walking down to the announce table right then and there. Of course, commentators in WWE are often fed lines directly from Vince McMahon himself. Graves' wife Carmella suggested as much on her social media and Booker T agrees in a quote. It seems like going to AEW just makes you forget about how the business really works, he says. I'm 100% sure Mark Henry knows what comes out of Corey Graves' mouth is something that he was told to actually say, especially when it's something to that magnitude. I would imagine that that's actually his personal opinion. Now, Booker T believes that Henry was aware that Graves is there just to do a job, which is why he found Henry's comments really shocking. In a response, he wrote, Mark knows better than that, Booker said. Then again, if Jimmy Uso, Naomi's husband, were to do something like that, Jimmy goes to the announce table, and then he gets fired on that same night as well. That makes no sense to me. I would think that Mark would know that. I don't know if he's just here to get some internet buzz or anything like that, but Mark knows better than that, and to hear that from him is shocking. If you'd like to read more about this and what Jimmy Uso also has to say about the developing saga, Matthew Wilkinson has this article trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Tommaso Ciampa is making news right now in WWE. Danny Wolfsonholm is writing, Ciampa addresses Edge. Now the latest sinister faction, Judgment Day, grows stronger as the weeks go by. Its leader, Edge, has been teasing a new member. A former WWE superstar may join the ominous group. Now one of those wrestlers could be former NXT champion and recent Raw newcomer, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, I saw it. I don't know if he's fishing for something. Maybe likes or attention, Ciampa said. I don't participate in stuff like that. It's just the what if game. I am a bit more of a realist. I'm a bit more of a take things as they come and when they are real as it relates to the present moment in my life. It's hard in any business, especially in this business though. If you get too consumed with the past, which is behind you, you can't change it. You can't do anything about it. And when you get too consumed with the what ifs in the future, what's going to happen? You worry, you'll get anxiety and you'll get stressed out. I feel like you're wasting all of your energy instead of doing what you need to do here and now in today. I like Edge. We get along. I got to know him quite a bit. Once more, I came back from my neck injury. We got to know each other. But if the opportunity comes up and it's pretty good as a solo act, I'm not trying to put stuff out there or get people talking. It's not really my thing. If it comes, it comes. If it happens, it happens. I think it would be a great moment. And if it doesn't happen, I think I'll be okay either. If you'd like to find out more about this article and what Champa has to say about Judgment Day, cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. Danny Wolfsonholm has that article trending right now. Eric Mutter's writing in at this hour. We are now approaching the two-week anniversary of Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of WWE. Now, numerous questions still remain about the pair. Among them, are Banks and Naomi still getting paid while they're serving an indefinite suspension? And the apparent answer is no. Now, many will recall Danielson's contract was frozen following his initial retirement until he returned to his on-screen character later that year on SmackDown as a general manager. At that point, Danielson's contract restarted. Now, unlike Banks and Naomi, however, Danielson was paid his downside guarantee during that period when the contract was frozen due to him not being medically cleared to compete. As of this right now report, it's still unconfirmed if Naomi's contracts have actually been frozen or if WWE will simply let them run out and expire. Now, Dave Meltzer had previously reported that Naomi's contract was up in the upcoming months and that she and WWE were negotiating a new deal when she and Banks officially walked out on Monday Night Raw. Though Meltzer cannot confirm Banks' contractual status, the former WWE reporter wrote that a few weeks ago, Banks' deal would be up within two months. Now, neither Banks nor Naomi have commented on their standoff with WWE, though Naomi has removed all references to WWE from her Twitter biography. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on with Naomi and Sasha, 
Eric Mutter has the article trending over right now on Wrestling Inc. Let's talk a little bit about NXT. WWE Hall of Famer ending his podcast to start as an NXT coach. WWE Hall of Famer Devon Dudley revealed Thursday night and his podcast, Table Talk, will be coming to an end, at least for the time being. The most recent episode was billed as the show's finale, and the panel explained the reasons behind the decision, which largely involved scheduling issues, though co-host Mo Lightning left the door open for a show returning at some point, referring to the situation as just a break or even a hiatus. Now, one reason why Table Talk Crew's schedule is getting complicated is that Dudley is returning to work for WWE. The former tag team champion, whose 25 major title reigns alongside his partner, Bubba Ray Dudley, crossed all boundaries when it comes to promotions. He announced he would now be coming a coach in NXT starting on June the 15th. Dudley will be joining the likes of Matt Bloom, Fit Finley, Steve Carino, Terry Taylor, Shawn Michaels at WWE's Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Dudley is also a producer of WWE's main event roster shows in 2016, but was sidelined from his role since February after undergoing spinal fusion surgery. Following the surgery, Dudley revealed that while he can run and jump and play basketball, he would never be able to professionally wrestle again. He says in a quote, I was told I would never be able to wrestle again, and if I did, I could damage my back even more, Devon wrote on social media. I would have to have the surgery again on my upper part of my back, and that's okay. I didn't have plans on going back in the ring anyway. Thank you for all the well wishes and the love. God is great all the time. Amen. And testify. If you'd like to go ahead and read a little bit more about Devon Dudley officially joining the NXT coaching staff, go ahead and check it out right now trending on Wrestling Inc. Eric Mutter is also writing in this hour about New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan breaks their silence over recent Kota Ibushi allegations. Now, the entire month of May has seemed to be apparent destruction of the relationship between Kota Ibushi and the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, as the former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion was fired off numerous tweets criticizing the promotion. Through it all, New Japan has stayed silent. That changed today. In a press conference held on Friday, New Japan president addressed the Ibushi situation. Both men's statements were transcribed in English by New Japan. Now, he first spoke, beginning by apologizing to wrestling fans about detailing the controversy from his point of view. Koto Ibushi is a wrestler exclusively contracted to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Such as it is, I am understanding that in order to devote full attention to New Japan matches and associate events, he is required to inform and receive express permission from New Japan before he does any outside appearances. On March 4th, in a brief of the terms of his contract, Abushi made an appearance at a sec- secondary wrestling establishment. Now, the aforementioned official is responsible for contacting various wrestlers contracted to New Japan Pro Wrestling, but also has a personal history with Abushi that extends far beyond anything that he's contractually obligated to. The official had mentioned before in the brief statement that Ibushi's actions were in breach of his contract and were taken deliberately to pursue New Japan to terminate him in agreement with what he was looking for. He was seeing as a betrayal of his trust and that he would want out. Now, if you'd like to find out more about this as this ever-evolving storyline continues, Eric Mutter has all of it right now trending over on Wrestling Inc. Eric Mutter also has more information about Tony Khan. As relayed before earlier in the show, Tony Khan said he had met up with the brand new owner's promotions from Discovery. Well, AEW and CEO Tony Khan has some big plans that are in change for AEW since its inception in 2019 when they had the Arthur Ashe Stadium event in New York for Dynamite and it was called its Grand Slam event that year. And then the United Center, Illinois for Rampage. And then the first dance, not 
not to mention the Forbidden Door that's coming up. But there's another stadium he would like to try that hasn't been booked in quite some time. In an interview with Abe Khan, Khan revealed his dream venue, but also revealed why he would be hesitant to run a show in that venue in the near future. It'd be interesting to do something at Wrigley Field, Khan said. I've been there a good amount of times at Wrigley, and sometimes I've been there when things have been rained out. And that's hard when you have hundreds of thousands of people who would love to pay money for a big pay-per-view and sit there and then all of a sudden something would be delayed. So one of the reasons I scouted out Arthur Ashe Stadium was that they have a roof so you can get a great stadium show but roof. Daily Place we did outdoors just over a year ago once again had a roof. Wrigley would be great but there's a number of things that we would have to contend with plus there's just no roof. Now if Con and AEW were able to run a show at Wrigley Field which would seat over 40,000 fans just in the stadium alone it would be the first wrestling event ever to be held in Wrigley since the 1950s. The NWA ran three shows there and another show in 1952 with legendary wrestler Luthez headlining all the events, retaining the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in matches against legends Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, Gorgeous George, and Pat O'Connor. If you'd like to read more about what Tony Khan had to say about potentially running a show in Wrigley Field, check out the article that is trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Let's go ahead and let's jump on over to our good friends over at eWrestling News. Here's an update on Roderick Strong missing this week's episode of NXT 2.0. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour. WWE announced during this past Tuesday's episode of NXT 2.0 that Roderick Strong rolled his ankle and suffered an injury. Now, Dave Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that it was just simply a work and he's going to be fine. There are still plans for Strong to remain involved in the Diamond Mine storyline that is currently unfolding on TV. You can keep up with all your information regarding this story by cruising on over to E-Wrestling News and finding everything out. Mustafa Ali explains why he went public with his request to be released by WWE. WWE superstar Mustafa Ali recently was interviewed by Corey Graves on After the Bell podcast to talk about several professional wrestling topics, including details on why he asked for his WWE release and why he chose to do it publicly. Now, as far as why did he ask for his release and he made it public, Ali would go on to say, I believe private conversations are meant to be private. The reason why it went public is because the private conversation went nowhere. So anyone that truly knows me and knows that there's a portion of the audience that was like, how unprofessional was that? He made all of that public. Man, he doesn't know how to work or how to actually be a professional one. Listen, I love this place as much as I love sports entertainment and I love wrestling. Now, the thing is, I never want to do anything else. But for me to be get gotten to that point, that was the true issue. Everyone is judging everyone's actions. They're not judging the intentions behind the actions. Or you know me. Imagine how much it would take for me to actually leave. So that's why we had the conversation. Now, that's the hot topic. There's that situation. I can't publicly discuss any more of it right now, but that's what I wanted to say about the whole issue. The initial conversations went nowhere. Therefore, I took it to the next level. If you'd like to go ahead and read more about Mustafa Ali and obviously his return to WWE, go ahead and check out the article that is trending over right now on E-Wrestling News. JBL is making news right now and over on E-Wrestling News. JBL defends Vince McMahon against the production style and all the critics for it. WWE Hall of Famer JBL was recently interviewed by GAW-TV channel to talk about several promotion, promotions and wrestling topics, including Vince McMahon and the way Vince chooses to do production. Now, on people who criticize Vince McMahon for the way he does production. JBL would go on to say, and I quote, Vince gets a lot of heat over what he produces and how he produces it. 
and I love it. By the way, Vince was never rude to me, not one time, nor did he ever yell at me at one time. Jerry Lawler says the same thing. Booker T says the same thing. Now, he yelled at Michael Cole, and he yelled at some other guys, but I think it was some of the old guys that had been in the ring already. He's treated us differently than those guys. When I had made mistakes, he was very kind about it, but I loved him very much being in my ear and giving me some feedback. He's also a great producer. He would tell you just in a short little phrase. He wouldn't tell you the whole paragraph. Usually, I would work behind him. I would just repeat exactly what he said, but he also knew that I could come up with other stuff as well. Other stuff that he was feeding me. So sometimes he'd feed me something where Michael Cole said something differently and well, it made sense the way Cole had said it. Vince has access to everything. I enjoyed Vince being the producer. A lot of guys, I think it's fashionable to say that they hate him or have hated him in the past, but I think he was just terrific. If you'd like to go on over and check out more of the article of what JBL had to say, cruise on over to E-Wrestling News and you can find all the information trending right now. We got some Kenny Omega news. Andrew Ravens is reporting at the hour, Kenny Omega will not be traveling to Las Vegas for AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Dave Meltzer reported in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter that Kenny Omega's return to AEW programming will have to wait a little longer as he will not be traveling to Las Vegas, Nevada for this Sunday's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Omega might have re-aggravated a few nagging injuries by traveling to recent shows as he's continued to produce the women's division matches. Now, Meltzer noted that travel was too early for the healing and that he still needed time to rest and Omega is no longer on the road with AEW. Omega is resigned to the fact that physically he will never be 100% ever again. With that being said, Omega reportedly is able to train and push himself a little harder each week. Now, Omega has been away since dropping the AEW World Championship to Hangman Adam Page in November at the Full Gear event. If you'd like to find out more information about Kenny and when he might be expected to come back to AEW programming, go ahead and cruise on over to eWrestling News as all of the details are there. More news on why WWE we decided to change the venue for money in the bank. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour. There's been a change to the 2022 WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view. The venue, and that's changed. Saturday, July 2nd, the show was originally booked to be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. However, it's now been moved to the MGM Grand Garden Arena due to lower-than-expected ticket sales. Dave Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that WWE did not end up selling more tickets that would be able to work, so they had to move to a smaller arena. The MGM Grand. It's likely that WWE would just transfer the tickets that were previously sold for the outdoor show just to the MGM now. Now, the actual decision to change venues was made actually two weeks ago. WWE had been waiting to see if they could sell more tickets and promote it more on TV and if it would increase. But unfortunately, things just didn't get any better. Therefore, they had to switch. Now, right now, there's 17,924 tickets that are still out there right now. You can keep up with all the details of what's happening with Money in the Bank by cruising over to E-Wrestling news as they have all of the information reporting. Let's talk a little bit more about injuries. As much as Kenny Omega is injured right now, someone else is as well. Zelina Vega appears to be injured. According to a report from PW Insider, Vega recently suffered an injury that will require surgery and she won't be returning for at least six to eight weeks. Now we lost, we last saw Vega compete in WWE on a match on April the 11th on Raw where she suffered a loss to Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. Now as of now, the feeling is that Vega will be out and will make her long-awaited return somewhere around SummerSlam. Now, there have been pitches that have been made that would give her a big push once she returns. Several sources within WWE have indicated that her willingness to do whatever it takes has not gone unseen by many higher-ups. Now, if you'd like to go ahead and find out more about this, Ryan Clark has this article trending over right now on E-Wrestling News. If you're
you're enjoying Headlines, it's a daily podcast where you can get a one-stop shop for everything that you want in pro wrestling. Definitely check us out each and every day. You can find our podcasts anywhere. Fine podcasts are made available to you, and they are downloadable, or you can just visit them on the website. Kyle Dunning is writing in at this hour for E-Wrestling News that there's some more updates with Ric Flair's retirement match, as we're going to be a part of it anymore. Now, when it comes to this, even the controversy of Ric Flair coming back for one last hurrah, although there's still many hurdles that Ric Flair has to overcome, such as cardio and strength to be ready for his match. Now, Rick has had a lifetime of wrestling, whether it would be in WWE, TNA, WCW. Rick has also showed much interest in wanting to be a part of AEW. However, unfortunately, after the dark side of the ring, a lot of opportunities for Flair have officially just dried up. Flair's decided that he wants to come back and have one more match. Now, the fact that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat no longer will be taking part in it, there is rumor and speculation that Hulk Hogan will step in and come out of retirement and be a part of the six-man match. Now, nothing's been official yet at this point in time, even though Hogan has stated that he actually will not go back into the ring and wrestle, but maybe the never-say-never statement might just be true in this case. For more information on Ric Flair and finding out what he is going to do, cruise on over to E-Wrestling News, and they will have all of the news regarding Guys, that's going to do it for all the headlines that are trending right now on the various websites and social media platforms. If like, you enjoy the headline podcast, like I said, check us out each and every day. You can find us anywhere fine podcasts are made available, and each and every Friday for O Material and Future Stars Now are also podcasts on this brand that come out. That's going to do it for me. I will catch you on Monday with a brand new episode of Headlines. The world of NLW Radio never stops.